several weeks ago, uh, Pastor Dora and I, we were, we were praying and we were, we were seeking God, uh, direction about what he would give us to study and then share that with you from the word of God. So through divine and supernatural uh, events, God planned it and directed it to both of us to preach on faith. I don't believe it was circumstance. I believe that was in the perfect timing and the perfect will of God for us just to go back to the basics of our foundation of faith and be reminded so now that we can focus on what God has already promised all of us. Pastor Dora has done an outstanding job sharing with us and ministering to us from the subject title Faith 101 with the text that is taken from St. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. So I'm going to continue this series, amen, for, for a few weeks and today we're going to start with, with part four. Before we read the text, but it is from, taken from St. Mark 11 Verse 22. Saint Mark, when we, we it is, is the shortest of the Gospels, and it deals with the, uh, uh, the ministry of Jesus in and around his particular sphere in the area of Jerusalem. And when we think about the Word of God, so many times we, we concentrate, in, when we're talking about the Gospels, when we study the Gospels, we study the book of uh, Matthew and the, the book of Luke and the book, book of John, but many times we overlook the book of St. Mark. And although it is the shortest book uh, of the Gospels, it is so power-packed for us. And we can glean so much out of that that I think we really need to, you know, at times just go back and reread some of those things. So now the gospel of St. Mark is the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here, when we're reading here in St. Mark, the 11th chapter, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, they give us the account of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, you know, in those events preceding Palm Sunday, on, on, on Palm Sunday. And then in verses 12 through verses 14, it gives us an account of Jesus' judgment and the cursing of the unproductive fig tree. We like to say that that's the, that's the part where Jesus cussed the fig tree, cursed the fig tree. He didn't cuss it. Excuse me. And then in verses 15 through verses 19, it tells us about Jesus' judgment on the misuse of those religious leaders who were misusing the temple for their own selfish need and their own selfish greed. But now here, our verses here in verses 20 through 23, Jesus gives us a lesson on the withered fig tree. And so many times we focus in on that lesson of the withered fig tree, trying to figure out, well, why did Jesus curse the fig tree? What was the whole point of that? But then there's something else that's also included in these verses. And that is a lesson on faith and prayer. So the text reads like this, verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Now, this text is the key component of the New Testament 
understanding. This text is, it is the key, not a, but I believe it is the key component of New Testament understanding. But Jesus used the miracle of the fig tree to teach his disciples a lesson on faith. So let's just talk about that for just a minute. So consequently, the next morning, when the disciples noticed that the tree was dead, Jesus gathered them together and he looked at them and he said to them, he said, have faith in God. Meaning that they and we today must constantly be trusting God and we are supposed to live a life of dependence on God and nothing else. So now, Jesus knew, just as he knows all about us, Jesus knew that his disciples at times were not as strong in their faith as they should have been. And Jesus also knew that he would be leaving them shortly because when it started here in verse 1 of St. Mark, now included in that are the 40 days of Jesus' ministry on the earth before he ascended back in heaven. So in effect, Jesus was telling them that you won't always know what I'm doing. That's why he told them to have faith in God. In those times when we don't always know what the Lord is doing in our lives, that's why we have to fall back on, we have to grab that limb just as you are about to go over the precipice and have faith in God. So he said, you won't always know what I'm doing. You won't always know how I'm working in your life. You won't always know where I'm going or where I'm taking you and what I'm doing. So with all of that, you just need to have faith in God. You know, sometimes when we, 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 we try to teach our children lessons and, you know, we explain things or at least we, we, we think that we're explaining to them things to them in a precise, concise very elementary order so that they will be able to grasp those lessons the first time. And then they'll say, well, wait a minute, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Can you go over that again? And then you'll tell them perhaps in a little bit of a different way, try to break it down a little bit more for them and say, now this is what I want you to do. And then they'll still struggle with that because they're not familiar with those concepts. And then after a while, Perhaps you've gotten frustrated and said, you just need to do what I told you to do. Stop asking me why. Jesus was having this conversation with his inner circle, with his disciples, and he was telling them, look, you're gonna, in effect, you're going to be going through some things, many of which you don't understand right now. But the thing that I want you to know and understand and stick a pin is, is that I want you to have faith in God. God says to us throughout scriptures that our physical senses and our eyesight and our touch and our hearing are all irrelevant when it comes to living a life of faith. But faith is the key and the currency of eternity. And our Heavenly Father, God, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, want us to be rich. And don't think about material blessings, those material blessings. He wants us to be rich. 
With all of that being said, then he desires us to hear him with ears of faith and see him with the eyes of faith and touch him with our hands of faith. Is my microphone on this morning? He says to us, I'm not going to appear before you like you want me to appear before you because that won't do you any good. There are times when our lives, when, when, when God has sent his word and his word has healed us, his word gives us comfort and direction and solace and encouragement and strength in our times of need. But then there are times we say, your word's good, Jesus, but if you could just come by here and touch me just a little while, Jesus, I know that everything is going to be all right. Lord, don't send an angel. Don't send a representative. Lord Jesus, I want you to stop by and touch me in just a little while, Jesus. And I know that everything is going to be all right. But Jesus doesn't always come to us the way we want him to show up in our lives. Well, Jesus says, I want you to be a people who are spiritually developed. And the only way you can do that, people of God, is to have faith in me. Consequently, faith 101. Back to the basics. Back to the refresher course. Back to the, uh, uh, that time where we can focus our faith on our Heavenly Father God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and get our minds and our eyes off of those natural things that we see. And I believe during this season, during this time, people of God, that God is refocusing our faith on him and nothing else. One of the overarching, overriding uh, themes that are in the earth, you'll, you'll hear it from different ministries, you know, men and women of God, people of God, talking about healing and talking about faith in God and healing. Yeah, that is, you know, the current move right now of the Holy Spirit in the earth. Yeah, so again, I believe that God is refocusing our faith on him and nothing else. God really is weaning us, people of God. You know what weaning is. Just as a mother lovingly weans her baby... Our Heavenly Father desires to wean us from the sights and sounds and the feelings that we are so dependent on so that we can grow strong in our faith. Just let go of all of those other things. In fact, right now, I'm hearing the Lord say, I am here to help you, so trust me. Just let go. And don't send the refrain back. Is there anybody else out there? Have faith in God. That's what Jesus said. So let's read here again in verse 22. Verse 22. Just want to do that. Huh? Hallelujah. And Jesus answered them. But saith unto them, have faith 
in God or have the faith of God. So when we and if we are to have faith in God, or when or if we are to have the faith of God, that means that the object of our faith should be on God himself. Look at the verse again. The critical words here that I can see as they jump off the page, Jesus did not want us to miss that because they jump off the page at us. In fact, they're written in red. The critical words are in God. So I think there are some critical things that, that and some significant things that we need to be uh, aware of about the object of where our faith is. Jesus did. He did not say, have faith. But he said, have faith in God. So your faith, my faith, our faith has to be has to have an object. It has to have an object. Right. Have you ever gone for, for an eye examination and they, you know, they give you the eye test and they put you on that machine and the, you know, they, they focus you in and you know, you'll, you'll kind of pull away and perhaps maybe you blink a little bit, your eyes water and all of that. And the optometrist the, you know, will, will, will say to you, say to you no, keep, keep your eyes straight, look at me, look here, look, 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 look at my finger. Look, look, look straight ahead and he will take that, whatever that instrument is with the eye thing, you know, and he'll take it and he'll look in your eyes and, and he'll look when they dilate your pupils and open them up and you can't see anything and all of that. It's even in those times when your eyes are blurry that there is something medically going on that opens and dilates the pupils of your eyes so that the doctor will be able to look in and see what's going on behind your lenses. Faith has to have an object. In God is where we are supposed to have our faith. Faith has no value by itself. Follow me out here, just think about this. So our faith has no value itself. Only the object in which we place our faith has value. That chair by itself has no value to you. But when you focus on that chair, put your faith in that chair, that object, and then it has value because you know that it's that chair that you're now sitting in will hold you. The Bible never says to have faith in our faith. Pastor Dora talked about that. But yet, that's what so many people do, saints of God do. They have faith in their faith. So whenever situations come about and there's great difficulty or problems that are going on in the lives of the people of God, if you have faith in your faith, that means then you're going to have to arouse your faith at some point. Yes. You know, like we say, that, I just need somebody to come in and encourage me. I just need somebody to stir me up here. I just need somebody to help me through this situation. But if there's no one else around, you know, you get around some people and you know that when you are around them, they're going to lift you up. You're going to be encouraged by them. They're going to bless you. You know, they're going to, they're going to build you up in, er in areas where you need to be built up in. Yes. And many times, 
you know, they may not even be aware of where you need to be built up in, but because you have faith in them, you know they're going to get the job done. So sometimes people can be the object of our faith. Oh, if I could just get to so-and-so. We heard that earlier. Here it is, early in the morning, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Somebody's going through. And they should be able to deal with that situation and that circumstance on their own accord. But because they don't have faith in God, the object of their faith is somebody else that they believe can get a prayer through. If they're willing to answer the phone, that's where they focus their faith on. Mm. So if you are one of those who, who has faith in their faith and you have to arouse your faith because your faith has gotten low, if you feel like you can just stir up enough faith, then you'll be able to deal with that situation and whip that problem. Uh, one of the grandchildren and I we were talking this morning and I was asking her about a little situation that she was going through. She was telling me, I said, you know what? Come on, let's do some exercises right now. We're going to get strong. We're going to go and take care of business right now. Sometimes you don't feel like doing any exercises. You don't feel like going through all of that because you just don't feel like it. Why? Because you are weighted down with all of your circumstances and all of your problems and all of those things, right? So our hearts have got to be focused upon God. Faith has no power. You ever heard that before? Faith has no power. It is the object that has the power. So a man's faith is not going to remove the mountain, as it goes on to say. But, but, God is going to remove every mountain in your way. The strength of faith is not faith, but God. And everywhere that I can read in the Bible, practically everybody that came to God had weak faith. Only a few people who came to God in the Bible had strong faith. But you know what? Yet God saved them and granted them their request. He said, well, I never heard that before. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 and verses 23. So our faith, people of God, it, 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 it requires knowing the object. And the more we know the object of faith, the more we can believe in that particular object. For example, uh, consider two men. Pastor Dora gave this example uh, just a few weeks ago. Consider two men who, who want to go out on a frozen lake to fish. One man is told to, okay, just go ahead and cross the lake. He is assured by his friend that the ice is going to hold him up. Yet, when he begins to step out on the ice, he cautiously and tremblingly takes step after step after step, usually until he can stand it no more, and his fear has gotten the best of him, and he turns around and he returns back to solid ground. But the other man who walks out courageously and boldly 
cuts a hole in the ice and begins to ice fish and he, he sits down and he begins to fish. So let me ask you a couple of questions here. What supported the man that was sitting out on the ice? Wasn't his faith. It was the ice. Because the ice was the object of his faith. So all of that being said, then so who had the strongest faith? Of course, and obviously, it was the man who stayed out on the ice. The one with the weak faith is the man who slowly inched his way back to solid ground. So then what made the difference between the faith of these two men? One thing. One man knew the ice, and the other man did not know the ice. It's better to know Jesus. It's better to know our Heavenly Father God than to know anything else. Our faith has to have some purpose, people of God. Yes. The purpose of faith, our faith, your faith, my faith, the purpose of our faith is to remove mountains. Not to prove yourself to be big and, you know, uh, uh, look, I can go to God and he's my cosmic bellhop and I can call him up any old time and he'll do anything that I want him to do. But the purpose of our faith is to remove mountains or obstacles that are in our way, that are hindering us in our faith walk with God. Jesus' teaching said, have faith in God. And then, say unto this mountain, be thou removed. You know what? Mountains represent those things that are immovable in your life. Mountains represent those impossible things in your life. Well, a mountain usually is something that's almost too steep to climb. It's almost too high to cross over, and it's almost too awesome to see beyond the mountain. So they can represent all kinds of negative situations and circumstances in our lives. So we're going to have faith in God. We need to have prayer and communion with God along with our faith. But it's also important in the way that we possess faith. This is what Jesus said, whosoever shall not doubt, but shall believe in those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Mm. So there's two critical things in this promise that God wants us to know about. He says, no doubting at all. This means that we, never have, we should never have a thought about whether a thing can or cannot be done. It means not hesitating. It means not wondering. It means not wishing. It means not questioning or not considering, not being concerned at all. Why? Because God himself can know if a thing will or will not happen. He's the one that knows. So we'll not put our trust and faith in him. Hallelujah. Jesus wants us to grow in our belief and trust. Yes. And he wants us to believe that all things are possible through Jesus. And I want you to write these scriptures down. 
All things are possible through Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, who strengthens us. Jesus wants us to know. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And write these other scriptures down. Matthew chapter 17, 15 through 16. Matthew 17, 19, and 20. He wants to know those things. Faith. There is something that has to identify us and set us apart. You know that we all have characteristics because of the genetics of our physical makeup and because of our personality and all of those things that have been passed down from one generation to another in our families. And have you ever been around people and you walk in and perhaps you have not seen them for a while and as soon as you walk in, they say, oh, you must be A. And they'll name your last name. You've got to be so-and-so's son, so-and-so's daughter. You've got to be, you know, a member of that family. And you say, why? Because I can see it all over you. You have certain characteristics that define you. Certain marks that define us, you know, in the physical realm and as far as our ancestry and our lineage goes. But faith is the defining mark of every Christian. Our faith has got to be that defining mark. Wherever we walk in a room somewhere, it ought to be so, oh, here is a man or woman of God, a man or woman of faith. Here's somebody that I need to pray with me right now because I know they can get a prayer through. I know that's a person of faith right now. And something good is about to happen. So stay around the people of faith. That's why I hang with Pastor Dora all the time for that particular reason. Hallelujah. Four times in the word of God, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. It's in Hebrew, uh, excuse me, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Galatians chapter 3 and 11. And Hebrews 10 and 38. So you can be assured, and I've been taking the task for saying things over and over and over again. Not because I'm absent-minded. They tell me that I have a tendency to beat a dead horse. Well, a horse is dead, you beat him and you resurrected, right? And the way you resurrected, by you speak words of faith over it. Four times. The Word of God tells us to have faith in God. So when God says the same thing four times, I get the idea that he's trying to tell us something. And you know what? He is telling us something. He's trying to tell us that we should have faith in God, that we should live by faith. Yes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul said that we are to walk by faith. Our successes in life, people of God, there is much to do with it when it comes to education. Much of it has to do with, you know, our desires and our plans that we have, but much of our success in life is measured by faith. 
Watch this, what it says in Matthew chapter 9 and 29. Jesus said these words. It shall be done to you according to your faith. Whose faith? Our faith. So any failure in life are failures in faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us that it is by faith that we please God. Amen, people of God? Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. So the writer doesn't say without faith, it is difficult to please God. The Bible says and the writer says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So why would we ever try to please God without faith? Cannot be done. It is by faith that all things are possible to God. It is by faith that the things possible to God become possible to man. So with God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to everybody who believes. It is by faith, amen, that we can resist the devil. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, let's take a look at that very quickly. It is by faith that we can resist the devil, but the Bible says, but resist him, the devil, firm in your faith. Because God knows that it is by faith that we can conquer the problems of our lives. Now back to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. And this is what Jesus said. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Wow. Have faith in God. So we talked about having faith in God in just the next few minutes. So let me just summarize this for you today. So faith is an affirmation. It, faith is the amen of all things for us as people of God. When we talk to people and, and you know, we, we counsel them in situations and circumstances and they have a need of something, Many times we'll say at the end of the conversation of that request is, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I have it. I'll take care of it from this point on. Well, what you're really saying to that person it is, I got it. Amen. So when we say amen to something after we've gone to God, we can be assured that it's already done because that's what our fathers has already told us. I said this on the other night, Pastor Dora and I were talking, and I said it, I said it in the Wednesday night Bible study, and I said that God always ends every statement with a well done. Have faith in God and everything in your life that you are standing for and believing God for will be done 
well done. Not just done, but well done. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 